Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Central Texas Life with Ann Harder. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. You know, this year marks a milestone for the iconic Texas Music Cafe. And here to tell us more, Chris Armorian, who started this thing back in 1997. And uh, did you ever think when, I think it started out as a project CD for school or something. Um, yeah, actually. Then it would become a PBS show and on and on. It's definitely changed over the years for sure. It's uh, it's grown right along with the need. Uh, but yeah, we started back in, uh, actually about 1994, the precursor was a CD project. And the whole goal of that was to get airplay for all the local musicians who couldn't get airplay clear channel came in and bought up all the radio stations and they stopped playing I local music when that happened yeah yeah so that put a you know i was running a recording studio at the time and had probably put out a hundred records and and none of those people could get any airplay and it's really frustrating when you put all your hard work and you write the songs you pour yourself into it and then can't get airplay um my brothers and i had released um some music and took it into the radio station and and got feedback from the local radio guys. And I said, what do you think? And they said, this is amazing. We love it. And I said, great. When can you air it? And they said, never. Yeah. And, I, and I, so I began tr- tracking that backwards. And they said, if Elvis Presley walked in today and said, I've been on an island for the last 50 years making records, they still couldn't play his stuff because he wasn't on the list. So instead of and finding out that getting on that list was near impossible, um, I found a way over, around, under, or through it uh, which was started with a CD project and eventually ended up as being uh, a television show on PBS and then a television show that played in 170 countries all over the world. So it's been a journey for sure. Yeah, and you've had some amazing musicians perform in those no, everybody. 25 years. <laughs> Almost everybody. <laughs> um, there's, only, there's really only been uh, one artist that's from Texas, and we do record people from all over the mm-hmm. planet. Uh, the farthest would be Armenia. Had a band come all the way from Armenia to Waco, Texas to play on the show. What genre of music? Is it uh, heavy music? metal. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're heavy metal. Actually, the, the band System of a Down that everybody knows that's from Armenia uh, were the opening act for these guys. They're called Vorden Karmir, and they're huge. You look them up on the Internet, they've uh-huh. got 3 million views on everything they do. And, uh, of course, they came to the Hippodrome, and we had 70 people come see them. And yeah. I said... I said, what was that like? And they said, it's good. It's like when we play in the garage when we first start. <laughs> so, um, 
But yeah, we've had pretty much everybody over the years. I mean, uh, to anybody who hasn't been on the show, I guess that's a shout out to to hit me up. But um, yeah, one artist that I have always wanted to record um, a, a formative album for almost any Texas artist, including Lyle Lovett, that was just in Waco. Mm-hmm, right. Um, if you ask Lyle what his favorite record is and most influential, he would tell you Willis Allen Ramsey. Um, who only put out one record, and that's been probably almost 40 years ago. And um, But he has influenced every major singer-songwriter, Texas-based artist that exists. And not many people know about the guy. And I've always wanted to record him. Um, he, uh, he moved off to Colorado and pretty much stopped touring. So I kind of had to take him off the list for a while. But he just started playing again. Texas Monthly is about to do a big article on him, and he's coming to Waco in uh, really? on May 14th. Yeah, we're bringing him to uh, the new studio we have over at 600 Columbus Avenue. Okay, so let's let's talk about the venue uh, because it, has it moved around? It's it's obviously you say a new. Studio, I am a nomad. So. <laughs> I'm a musical nomad. <laughs> yeah, where where did it first start out? How did uh, Texas <clears throat> Music Cafe get its beginnings? So um, you might remember. Uh, the public television station that we had in Waco years ago was called KCTF. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked there uh, starting way back. This will tell my age, but back in 1988 was my first job in television. And I had always had a vision to do a music show. Uh, Austin City Limits, uh, you know, was an, is still today an icon. Yeah, that's a big show, yeah. And I thought, you know, we need to have that right here in Waco that features – uh, smaller musicians. Mm-hmm. ACL now does Robert Plant and Elvis Costello and right. huge name. names. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the so the guys from Austin and Dallas and Waco that are really good, pretty much it's really hard, almost impossible to get on. So I said, well, I want to start a show in Waco that does exactly that. Well, um, when I left that TV station, um, I decided that's one of the things I was going to do was make that happen. And uh, they were the first place to air it, so it aired on public television. And the first, um, the very first uh, big leap for that was one of the guys from the National PBS affiliate came through, saw the show, and went, hey, what is this thing? And they mm-hmm. said, oh, it's just some local show. You wouldn't be interested in it. And the guy said, no, this is really cool. This reminds me of what Austin City Limits used to look like. And uh, the guy toured our studio and started, and said, how'd you like to put it out nationally? And I was just a kid at the time, but I was like, yeah, man, let's do it. Yeah, why not? Not, not knowing what all that meant <laughs> and all the work and yeah. no, not knowing that I'd be doing it 25 years later. Isn't that so, something? Um, so, yes, we've had just about everybody um, uh, that we've featured over the years, and it's gone through all kinds of incarnations. Um, I've rem- had some big names, though, on it. We have. Probably the biggest name that people recognize, no matter where on the planet, is Willie Nelson. Oh, yeah. And I've really... I owe him a lot of credit because he didn't, Willie is one of the artists that didn't need our help and we needed his help. Um, I chased him down for six months. I went trying to get, go through his lawyers and attorneys to get him to sign off on allowing him to play on the show. And it just didn't happen. So we showed up. um, We were actually asked by the city of Hillsborough when their courthouse burned down and Willie Nelson single-handedly helped pay to have that courthouse rebuilt um, by doing a couple of concerts and they invited us to tape it and Willie was there and he said oh don't go through those guys they're jerks and they'll take forever and he signed (laughs) off yeah I know (laughs) he signed off and said I have anything you want to use of mine you after we explained who we were and the mission behind what we're doing he said you have my permission to use anything you want and that really helped us out because um, 
to ha- add his name to our roster and to have his trust, uh, there wasn't anybody that wouldn't work with us at that point. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah, he's he gave you credibilities. He it did, and yeah. uh, I I think we've recorded him about five or six times yeah. now. Um, I don't know if he knows my name or not. He always shakes my hand and is like, I you know, bet he does. gives me a nod, but I don't know, you know, yeah. I don't know if he remembers who I am. I probably. Yeah. I remember when he played at uh, Rock and Heart Ranch for the Heart Association for one of their big, and I was so Im- impressed with how much he just loves to perform. He he was getting on up there. He'd done already done a long show, bending over, shaking everybody's head, and then get up and play another song. Yeah. Because he just loved the music. So let's talk about the music. Uh, now, this is all going to be original music. Do you, do you ever record people to do covers of other songs? We don't. Unfortunately, do ever, we don't. Yeah, a lot of people... Um, why do you say unfortunately? I mean, it's kind of a, well, I mean, almost a purist. In I, I don't have anything against doing cover music or, or bands that do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's important, especially to learn, to learn song structure of other people's music. Right. My thought has always been, if you're going to do a song that you didn't write, um, do it differently or make it your own or do it unique. It's really heartbreaking to hear somebody try to copy... Right. Uh, what uh, what we like to call "Sweet Home Margaritaville," which is the, uh, <laughs> which is a, a, a you know a song that technically doesn't exist, but to copy someone else's music, I've seen a lot of musicians, very talented musicians, waste their entire career by doing exactly that, by never be becoming their own person, their own musician. And even if you don't have it in you to write, partner with somebody that does. I mean, Bernie Taupin is. Uh, you know, Elton John's right arm when it comes to writing. And there's plenty of good writers in this city that don't perform. Um, unfortunately, nowadays in music, people like their stars, their musical stars to be uh, skinny and good looking. And, and not everybody who writes good songs is. Um, I guess Billy Joe Shaver got started early on enough in it to where uh, people back then didn't care if you were if you were pretty to play country music. Yeah. But now, gosh, it's really hard unless you're a, a, a you know, you got to be a, the whole package to be able to get any airplay. Well, and of course he's passed on, mm-hmm. and yeah. and and I think the uh, one of the great uh, contributions Texas Music Cafe has is that it's it's like an archive of of great musicians. We we don't really know exactly how much footage we have, but it's somewhere. A guesstimation is about ten thousand hours of footage. Where do you store? I mean, how, I'm, I'm sure it's a it's secret. Digital. I'd have to kill you if I told <laughs> You'd you. You'd have to kill me if you don't. Yeah. Well, then don't tell me. No, we do. I have been in the process of moving But I know it. you've been doing it long enough that you had hard copies or whatever. I do. Whatever. Every, every tape format that's ever existed, we have. You have uh, done it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've, we, you know, it keeps changing, so we keep changing that's with it. That's true. Yeah, just archiving it, keeping track of it, uh, moving it to digital, uh, the hard, you know, just the hard drive space to be able to hold it all. Yeah. It's a lot. I, you know, when someone sees one of our videos on YouTube, I know that they don't think about all the the work, anything from the hours that it took. Um, I think about this recording session we did in Big Bend, in the canyons down in Big Bend. We, we were there like seven days. It took, you know, a, a day to get there, a couple days, you know, eight hours of driving, and then you go down in the canyon and record all this music and then bring it back and edit it and... Um, Every shoot has a story behind it. It really does. And, I'm sure. And um, we're talking about uh, getting Rogue Media and Mike Hamilton to help us out with a podcast. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of said, hey, you really need to do that. And I've never thought about it, uh, but I do think there's a story behind every single one of those shoots, if not more stories than that. But, um, yeah, um, and luckily I am still have enough memory <laughs> to be able to store all of that. And for some reason I can recall most of the data from those shoots because they're – 
uh, memorable in some way. Well, let's talk about your early days. When did you know you wanted to be a musician? Um, well, I mean, it wasn't, we just grew up doing it. My brothers mm-hmm. and I, my dad was a barbershop quartet yeah, singer. Yeah, musical family, huh? Um, yeah, and uh, and that was always, our, the arts were always important in my family. When we moved to Waco, I lived in Detroit, Chicago, and Memphis before here. And when we came here, which was 1977. Well, this was a backwater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Compared to where well, you've been. Well, I mean, just um, those were all great music cities. I mean, yeah, I, no I bet that in my in my mother's womb in 1968 in uh, in Detroit, she heard a lot of really good music that <laughs> that absorbed into her womb and and transferred to me. And I love all <laughs> all styles of music. Always have. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I don't know. I guess it's just, you know, I think all of us are blessed with a, with a gift of some kind. Uh, I mean, every, I've never met a person that I didn't find that had, that didn't have some redeeming gift that was God given. And that gift um, is different for different people. And for me, it's just, I've always had an eye and an ear for music. And that doesn't mean being the best musician in the room. I figured out really quick that I wasn't. My brothers and I played a bunch of coffee houses up and down 35 many years ago. And we're good. We, you know, we weren't uh, the greatest, but we're a pretty good band. We did all originals and three-part harmonies like Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Mm-hmm. And had a unique sound. And uh, But we quickly found out that there were so many talented artists in Texas that I really decided... I could better serve this planet by getting the heck out of the way and allowing other musicians that spotlight. So that is what I spent the last 25 years focusing on is trying to find the boat, the best, most unique and most original talent, and then shining a light on it and sharing it with other people. And, um, sometimes when I get bogged down in the work and all that, and it is a lot of work and a lot of expense and a lot of time, and people have suffered and sacrificed not only my crew, but my family and of doing without me uh, for this mission. Um, But then I get reminded when I, when I put together a show and I stand up on stage and introduce the band and they just lay it on the line. And it's different when it's going back to the original music thing, when it's songs that you wrote that you're passionate about, um, when it's from your gut and it's from your heart, it comes out differently. You, you know, when you're playing somebody else's song that you didn't write, um, you're just regurgitating something else. So, um, that passion, when you see it happen on stage, it is different. It's a different thing than seeing a cover band and audiences have to be educated. Um, and that's a big part of what we've done for years is educating audiences when, when you've eaten hamburger your entire life and never had a steak, when you finally taste a steak, you re- you can now recognize it and go, wow, this is what music is supposed to be. Um, watching that passionate artist share something that is the most deepest personal thing that came out of their guts and their soul, and then they, they share that for an audience and having that audience respond to it. Um, it's a magical thing. It's a three-part, it's a three-pronged magical thing. The artist is sharing that deep inside information and they're doing it in a way that is the equivalent of a doctorate because they've spent 20 years doing it mm-hmm, living their life and then an audience who listens and appreciates and and I don't I'm not going to knock any uh, other local venues around here but what we do it's not a, a loud beer party 
scene. That's not what we're about. If you're there to go drink beer, go somewhere else, you know, drink beer, scream over top of the music. Mm -hmm. I want people to get excited about it, but I want them to get excited about it because it moves you on a cellular level. It, it, it speaks to your soul. And I, I think that most people who come in and see our live shows recognize there is something different that's happening here. And Waco doesn't have that other than what we're doing. And I've been absent from doing live performance shows in Waco for a long time. Like you said, on the road, mm -hmm. uh, the TV show, we pulled the plug on Waco in about 2001 um, and went on the road with it and took it all over. I had, I was trying to support a venue in Waco and we had um, invites to go to Bass Performance Hall and a Cheatham Street Warehouse where George Strait wow. started out. And every, you know, there wasn't a venue that, would tell us, no, you can't come in and mm -hmm. put our place on, on television. So we sure. packed it up and took it on the road. And I've been doing that now for, oh, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, 15 years at least. And uh, I'm getting too old to do it. It hurts. Yeah, <laughs> it hurts too much. It, so. It's a lot of work. It is. So it's, it, a, lot it's a lot easier to have it uh, set and on site. And I'm really thankful to um, uh, Corey Dickman and Rogue mm -hmm. Media and Nexus Esports. And those guys opened up their facility in their space for us to do concerts they wanted to do concerts out of there and uh i've been able to come in and, and put on some really good shows and help them out in the process but they've been really great hosts they have been bent over backwards to make us feel at home in their space i know even some of them are, are kind of talent searches yeah we have conducted um you know there's musicians at every level need encouragement yeah so, um, yeah, we've done some open mic stuff. Again, uh, I wanted it to be all original. And, again, encouraging people to partner. If you don't write songs, partner with someone that mm -hmm. does. And maybe you'll network yeah, even at, at one of those events. It's I've seen it happen. I've yeah. seen it happen recently. Yeah. We're going to take a short break. Come back. We're going to learn more about how you're celebrating this 25th anniversary for Texas Music Cafe. So you stay with us. <music> And we're back with Chris Hermoyan with Texas Music Cafe that is celebrating 25 years. Um, you have a venue in Waco now. How often do these shows happen? We are taping shows pretty much every Saturday. Okay, um, that's a lot. It is, and we do three bands a night typically. Um, usually we'll start out with some kind of... Uh, Local, regional, and then national act. Um, I've got bands right now lined up in the next two months that are coming from Colorado, Los Angeles, um, Nashville, uh, all over the place. So I, you know, and I bet people by and large don't know they don't what <laughs> you guys are doing, and well, and what that means just to the economy. Because now, instead of you being on the road taking taking your show to these different locales they're coming here spending money here staying in hotels the whole bit true true you know I, big. I think uh 2019 we were doing some shows in waco and we hired 47 local artists of different types uh, makeup artists set designers uh lighting people sound engineers um nobody got paid a lot i'll just tell you but um 47 local artists all worked on it and got paid something for being involved. And then uh, that's not counting the musicians themselves. And then we probably featured 50 or 60 musicians in that lineup. So it, it does have an impact on this city. It's 
part of the city that's I feel has been missing for a long time. I mean, there's music going on here, and I'm really thankful to every music venue that's surviving and getting by. Um, but you know, like I said, we we go to so much more depth than just throwing up a microphone and having live music performed. When you're talking about making a TV show, you see a movie credit, and there's a hundred names at the end of a of movie course, because yeah. it takes a lot of people lot to do of it. People. So I've been uh, so fortunate. Uh, if I had an unlimited budget, I could not have hired a better crew than the folks that I have right now. I mean, they're all local artists that just came to us that want to be a part of what we're doing. Um, Mark Kieran is a local painter. He's known as a painter, but the guy works with leather and turns out he's an mm-hmm. amazing photographer. Um, a guy named Bruce Byers, uh, who you've all seen the truck that's on uh valley mills drive the water truck with the Mm -hmm. water flowing out of it that's one of his designs i think it's one of the most coolest and iconic pieces of art in this city and nobody thinks about him really as being an artist but man i'm lucky enough to get that guy as uh is a regular camera guy on my show um the list goes on i've got how many cameras do you shoot this uh typically five wow got five cameras Uh, our director started with our show when he was 18 years old he's still with us um (laughs) So I have a just a fantastic crew that works their butt off, and they do it because they love doing it. You know, there's been times where we made money at it, but most of the time it's been a labor of love. Yeah, um, but I bet you've got sponsors, right? No, no, I have <laughs> I have zero right now. Uh, you have the that's, I mean, that's not true. I shouldn't say that. Like Nexus, who's who is, uh, you know, barely making any money back off of what we're doing right now. That, I mean, there's a lot of everyone that's contributing is sponsoring to the show. Mm, but yeah, that's as, as far as uh, Waco or any money that's come to us, uh, and I've approached several, it's been extremely disappointing, if I can be frank about it, is uh, Waco has not uh, supported music or the arts in that way, original music in the way that I feel it needs to be done, because it is it, it's an it's a component to the city that's missing. Um, you know, Austin, Austin has 130 new people that moved to Austin per day. And part of the reason why is because it's just a cool place to live. It's fun. Yeah. And Waco's doing better. Um, but um, now I've heard you say Waco could become the musically uh, like uh, Seattle or sure. Austin. Do you still think that? I do think that. I th- I've always thought that. That's one of the reasons I came back here. Uh, a good friend of mine, David Tinsley, that used to run the Elite Cafe, which mm-hmm. was a uh, which was is now the Magnolia, Magnolia table. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he had T-shirts made up 30 years ago that said Waco is what Austin was, and he truly believed it. And I bought into that vision as well, and I believe that um, we have all the right components here. I, I feel like it's heartbreaking when I see the city, and I'll, I mean whatever organization it is, that will put a million and a half dollars to extend a railroad track 50 feet for a new company that moves to town and then stays in business two years and is gone. My, what we've been doing with Texas music cafe has been around 25 years. If you need, if you, if that's not proof enough to say, this is something that is stable and going to be around. I don't, I don't know what else, you know, what else I can do to, to do that. I mean, either you believe in it or not. And it's, you know, so, so folks, folks can see these shows on YouTube. You're not on PBS anymore. Right. Um, actually, I just hired a guy that was the program director for the PBS station out of Colleen. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he worked for PBS for 15 years, and the most enjoyable part of it was working with Texas Music Cafe. Yeah. And I said, well, why don't you go to work helping us out? So we are planning on launching a new season in August, I believe, uh, on PBS. And the PBS, oh, good. Yeah, so it's probably going to end back up there. But really, um, 
the coolest place to be able to watch it because one, you can watch just the acts that you want to see. Uh, and I understand, you know, we do punk rock to folk to country to conjunto. Not everybody's into everything, but um, it's all there. Uh, we just started putting up tracks and I've got about a thousand songs up there now. And you can watch it 24-7. I mean, I, I looked at the stats and we got people in Denmark that are watching us at 3 a.m. our time. Of course, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I think about 40,000 40, views a month on average right now that we're getting on YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and they're people from all over. So a lot of them are locals, but these are local. Most of them are Central Texas-based right. artists, people that you can go see in a club around here. And uh, they're 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 getting a lot of airplay and a lot of it worldwide yeah. attention. And that's a great place to see it is YouTube. Yeah. Of all the people that you've recorded, I mean, who kind of rises to the top as, as somebody maybe obscure that you discovered? There's a, there's a ton of, yeah, I people could, know who that is. I No, I could give you a list of a hundred names <laughs> that you've never heard of that are incredible in some unique way. But, yeah. um, I think uh, Ruthie Foster's from Waco. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, she's from this area. Went, I went to MCC with her, and I've really watched her career grow over the years. I feel like she's kind of a poster child for what we do because uh, she wasn't famous when we started, and it was just her and a cheap guitar. Yeah. And I've seen her now to where every time she plays, it's you know she's been nominated for two Grammys, and every time that she plays, she, you know she makes good money and. 5,000 people show up now. And, uh, That's great. We played a very small part of that. I certainly I would not take any of the credit for that because she is amazing, and she would have got there on her own, but I was happy to be able to to help, to be a stepping stone for her to do that. That's, you got to have help along the way. Yeah, and and she's, I that's mean, she great. deserves it. Uh, Ruthie is one. Uh, Monty Montgomery is a guy that's, everybody knows him as a guitar player, but he's a great songwriter and singer. He's uh, been one. Um Slade Cleves is another guy that's now kind of big time um, He on the Americana scene. And he, you know, his first week in Texas, I think he played Texas Music Cafe. Mm -hmm. He just moved here from Maine. And he's now been in Texas for 25 years, and he's doing great and making a living doing it. And that's kind of, you know, one of the things we set out was to take musicians who are struggling and get them to a point to where they're at least making a living doing what they love doing. And we've been... You know, we played that that role pretty well, I think. Yeah, yeah, you've been able to do that. Myself? Yeah. Well, no, I, I don't make my living off of performing. I did, I think it's important that uh, our crew, most of our crew are either musicians or artists, and they have an understanding of what it's like to be on the stage. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that makes our show special and better in a lot of ways is because we do understand what it's like to be on both sides of that. This is really weird for me to be on this side of the, the camera for a change, but um, it's important to know how to, to do that. And uh, yeah. Yeah. What's the best advice you ever got uh, as a performer? Oh, uh, oh, as a performer, uh -huh. the same advice that I give to musicians all the time. I said, there's two, there are two things that I've seen over all the musicians, thousands of musicians we've worked with now, the two consistent things that I see that are, present in all the ones that are successful is number one, be a person that people want to work with. Um, working with Willie Nelson, he's was one of the easiest going, nicest human beings you'll ever want to meet. Everybody wants to work with him. And it's not because he's that great. It's because he's easy to work with and, and a likable guy. So that's number one. And two, the second thing, and I would say this about Willie or about Ruthie Foster or uh, a lot of great musicians is 
every time you get up to perform, whether it's five people, two people, or 5,000 people, you, you lay everything you got at that moment on the stage, 110%. Mm-hmm. Those are the two best pieces of advice you can give to any musician. And, and yeah, don't phone it in. No. Because they're going to pick up on it. Sure. Give the best you got at that given moment. Sure, you got good days and bad days, but you give the best you can on that moment. Yeah, now you focus on original songwriting too. What what about as a songwriter? What what's good advice that you you've gotten or um, give in that arena? You know, I don't know. Everybody, every songwriter's method is different. Um, it's it's not. I haven't figured that one out. I mean, Billy Joe Shaver had a an eighth grade education. Yeah. He was not a, a smart man by those means, but um, you know that guy had uh, Bob Dylan, Willie Nelson. Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, all regarded as some of the best songwriters on the planet, have done an entire album of Billy Joe's songs. And the guy had eighth grade education. I, it, again, it goes back to doing it from the heart. Um, most of the songs I wrote were influenced by whatever was going on in my life at the time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I'm not, there's plenty of people that can tell you a lot more about songwriting. I, I did it enough to... Uh, learn that, experience that, be a musician. Uh, two years ago, I kind of took a break from TMC for about two years. Uh, we still made shows. I've never stopped making shows, but I, I did pursue my own musical career, which I'd given up uh, or set You're a aside. guitarist, vocalist. Guitarist, songwriter. vocalist, songwriter, and I played in a band called Dirty Echoes, and we did a 10-day tour of the United States. We, uh-huh. got, we did two records, got signed to a record label out of Austin, uh, called Steady Boy Records, and same label that uh, Rocky Erickson was on, uh, and a lot of other old guys like me. But um, it, it was a good experience. It was good to reconnect with being a musician and how hard that is. That ten day tour was rough. Eight hours between each gig. You really appreciate what you know, it did. It these made guys me, are going through. It made me really respect the folks that are doing that, right. and it was a good reminder for me. And and uh, when the pandemic hit, it was time to refocus back yeah. on TMC. Uh, so we did that. And we produced in the beginning of the pandemic. We worked with uh, Creative Waco and Rogue Media and uh, Lindsay Littman and uh, uh, Keep Waco Loud and a whole slew of folks to produce a uh, ABC show uh, where we did uh, shot new material during the pandemic, which mm-hmm. is really weird and difficult to do. But And then we used a lot of TMC's archives. But uh, So we did that. You know, we haven't ever stopped. Whenever I didn't have enough money to, to pay enough people and, and put on a full show, we did two seasons of radio shows. Mm-hmm. Um, ten years into it, I had a, some medical issues, and I, I basically was going to quit. And the Center for Texas Music History in San Marcos reached out and said, hey, you didn't turn out a season. I said, hey, I didn't know anybody was paying attention. And uh, they said, what you're doing is capturing a slice of, of Texas music history that nobody else is doing. And they said, well, we want you to keep doing it. And I, I didn't know who they were. As Dr. Gary Hartman is the guy. And I said, mm-hmm. hey, buddy, I don't know who you are. But I said, if it's that important <laughs> if you to you. you got some money for me, that would be That was great. what I said. I said, hey, man, <laughs> if, it's, if it's that important to you, you can, you can fund my next season. And they went, okay. Oh, my goodness. And just like that, we're just off like running that. again. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, you, you are, you know, it, it is such an important work that you have done. In Thank you. Preserving. I appreciate these, that you think music. so. No, absolutely, absolutely. I we could go on and on, but I like to end these little visits with um. It's it's my version of the questionnaire that James Lipson would use on Inside the Actor Studio. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. One Uh-oh. is, what is your favorite word? Squeegee. 
That's a squeegee. It's my favorite word in the American language. <laughs> what about your least favorite word? Um, kombucha. I don't Which, know if that's an American word, but the drink. Yeah, have and you I, had it? I have. It upsets my stomach every it's time. Just gonna say it's or anyway. Kombucha what? sounds like the sound the sound you make after you drink it. After you drink kombucha. kombucha. <laughs> what turns you on creatively, emotionally, or spiritually? Um. Wow. Um. Seeing other artists that are passionate about what they do. Uh, I mentioned about talent. If I have one talent in the whole world, it's the ability to see and believe in the talent and ability of others. And I've, I do feel like I've never met a person that walked this planet that didn't have a reason for being here. And a lot of times they don't know what that is. So sometimes I've been able to help identify that. Even the people didn't know. The guy the guy who's uh, um, Justin Timberlake and Beyonce's producer we used to work for mm-hmm. me when he was a Baylor student. And, oh, my. And uh, I, he didn't, I don't know that he believed he could do it for a living, but he he's done all right for himself. I love the story that you told to uh, Katie and Jacob Green on Keep Waco Loud's podcast. It was done a few years ago mm-hmm. about Danny Thomas. I went, I'm going to kind of derail my little questionnaire sure. for you to tell that story because that was great. Well, it's your show. You can go anywhere you want to <laughs> go true. with it. Um, yeah, I met a I met a songwriter that I every song that the guy played brought me to tears. And he's a he was a garbage man in San Antonio and not attractive by any means. I mean, this guy made me look like Brad Pitt. That's how good looking uh, this guy was. But he just a great songwriter, and um, he usually wrote for other people. But I wanted the songs from his perspective, so we featured him on our show. And um, you know, he wrote us letters for years thanking us for all the people that learned about his music through the show and um there's a ton of great songwriters out there that their music will never get heard because they're not pretty enough or because they're just they can't quit their day gig picking up trash or whatever it is to go be a songwriter um so yeah it's been an honor and a privilege to find people like that and and shine a light on songs that they're writing i mean really good songwriting is all about personal experience that others can relate to whether it's a breakup or a you know a loss of everything important to you or the gaining of everything that's important to you or an understanding and um, that doesn't have to be um, hand it doesn't have to be built in a room in Nashville by a team of songwriters in in fact it's usually not mm-hmm. it's usually um, comes out of a, a person through personal experience and tragedy and Danny Thomas was one of those artists if you've never heard him. Uh, he's kind of hard to find because it's not a pretty common name, Danny Thomas. But right. I think I got some videos of his up on Texas Music Cafe, youtube.com slash Texas Music Cafe. If you yeah. search him, you might find him. You'll want to look that up for sure. All right, back to the question. So what turns you off creatively mm. or spiritually or emotionally? Um, ego. Basically, um, the I think the root of all of everyone's sins and we're all guilty of it, but it's basically when you let yourself get bigger than anything else in your own life or, or or those around you. Um, I can almost predict when an artist shows up to perform how that night's going to go based on how they treat people before they ever open their mouth or sing a note, the way that they treat my crew and the way that they treat the people in the building. If it's like, Hey, you're all here to serve me and blah, blah, blah. Or they just come in and treat people like dirt. It's usually not going to go well. Um, so humility is an important thing in, in successful musicians. 
What sound do you love the most? Um, sound in general. I love sound. I always have. Um, sound is different in different spaces. The same sound can be different in different spaces. I think that sound is underrated. There's a series that I could never get launched off the ground, but it is basically a dive into, a deep dive into sound itself. Um, a lot of other cultures use sound for healing. Um, they the actually vibrations of sound uh, and has an ability to change mood, has an ability to heal, has an I mean, we use sound for imaging, for healing in our hospitals. Um, but there are other cultures and religions that have used sound for years and years. I mean, what religion doesn't have sound incorporated into what it is they do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we still don't value sound itself enough. Um, that's one of the things with the Texas Music Cafe. We try to create a physical environment that is conducive to actually listening. Now, I want you to pay attention to that because next time you hear live music, I don't care where it is, if it's at a bar, if it's at, on the radio, it's pay attention to the people's perception of how they, uh, the reverence they give to that sound, to that music. Um, we're trying to create an environment where the sound and the song and the music is pinnacle, um, secondary to we want people to have a good time we want people to experience what it's like to be on a television show to be a part of the uh, being in a television show being in that audience because they are part of the equation but um making the sound and and the reverence that goes along with that is really important to us do you have a least favorite sound um No, I'm not real weird about chalkboards and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> that's good. I don't know. That That's great. It's the first time I've ever gotten that answer. What other profession would you have loved to try? Uh, I would love to do uh, voice work, which uh-huh. you've actually done. But I'd love to do uh, voices like Mel Blanc from, uh, oh, yeah. you know, uh, um, was it not Looney Tunes? Yeah, it was Looney Tunes. Yeah. Um, being a voiceover artist would be wonderful. Just being able to p- try on different voices and, and uh, you know, like the Simpsons or that kind of yeah. something like that. I think that'd be a fun gig. What what job do you know you would never want to do? Oh, my gosh. An account, anything with numbers like an accountant. <laughs> when I die, if I go to hell, it's going to be a, a small room with a desk with taxes stacked to the ceiling. Uh, and <laughs> you got to add e- these up. For eternity, yes. That would be the worst job. <laughs> okay, well, let's assume that that's not where you're going to go. My final question <laughs> What do you want to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, good. Um, thank you. Thank you, my good and faithful servant. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. Yeah. You're welcome to stay as long as you want and feel free to join the band. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So congratulations to you, Chris. Texas Music Cafe, 25 years. And again, where can folks go hear the show live? Where can they see it? So all the streaming channels, audio streaming channels, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen, uh, we are placing new audio content weekly. Uh, a lot of these are recordings, original recordings of Willie Nelson made 20 years ago that have never been heard. They've never been put out. Um, and we're talking 10,000 hours. So that that well is not going to run dry anytime soon. Um, so you can check it on any of the streaming channels. Uh, also, if you, if you like the visual side to it, uh, YouTube is got uh, a thousand songs up there right now and we're adding new stuff daily. Yeah, so, that's great. And there's more where that came from because every day I meet new and talented artists. Yeah, and you have a show coming up? 
Um, yeah, this Saturday. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The 30th is our next one. Um, I took some time off to go take care of an aunt in Arizona. Uh, when I was a kid, I kind of ran away from home and ran away to California for a while, lived with an aunt and uncle. And she's never needed my help. And this uh, recently she had a knee surgery, and it's the first time she's ever asked for help. So I dropped everything and went to go yeah. uh, help her out. And uh, our next show is on April 30th, and we've got three acts lined up for that. And I have to look and see. I have so many in my head right now. But, yeah, beginning April 30th, every Saturday moving forward, uh, more and new a, shows. sort of a big celebration for the 25th? Um, a, so a, like a big event for that? We are planning on doing a uh, some type of probably an outdoor uh, music fest that will be maybe all day or two days of music. Wow. Um, it's a big undertaking, and I've got several people that are smarter than me working on it right now. So mm-hmm. Good. Well, you need to celebrate it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it is a milestone. There's, you know, I, as a kid, I worked at uh, Paget's, which was the 150 year old, one of the uh, oldest businesses <laughs> in Waco. And before that, I worked Saddles at, and buggy whips and things like that. They go back that far. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, I worked at Cox's as a kid department yeah. store, which was also a, had been around 100 years in Waco. Um, I hope that when I'm dead and gone that my crew and all the good folks that I've met here pick it up and run with the ball when I'm dead and gone. Cause mm-hmm. I think the, I think the work is important. I think that the music is important enough. And I think, um, uh, you know, I don't want to wake up in a world where the only th- music I get to hear is a journey cover band or an Aerosmith cover band over and over again. I lived through that stuff the first time and it was great in the eighties when I lived through it, uh-huh. but I, I don't want to hear it again every day for the rest of my life. I want to hear something new every single day. Yeah. And you are, making sure that that's happening for folks. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for having all me, Anne. The, I appreciate it. All the best it. and congratulations again. You too, thanks. And thank you for being with us. We hope to see you again soon. Bye-bye. Central Texas Life with Ann Harder is part of the Rogue Media family. Be sure to check out our other shows at roguemedianetwork.com. Please rate this show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Life with Ann Harder.